Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Read our text verse today. Get into the Word of God. Matthew 5, 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. you got it, say amen. Pretty quick. We're going to read through um, this whole passage, and we're going to really focus on just one particular scripture, and uh, we'll uh, keep it somewhat abbreviated. We'll see. We'll see what, how that looks. Amen? Now, don't go to sleep on me. Come on now. Amen? Awesome. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Came to him. Then he opened his mouth and t- on a mountain, and he was seated. His disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's a lot of things you can thirst for in life that you can desire, that you can go after, and there's just not much of a guarantee, you know? You can work very, very hard and, and lose your job because some overseas decision that had nothing to do with anybody you've ever met. You know, you can have some physical ailment or malady that comes, takes your opportunity to do this. Um, you, can, uh, you can have a beautiful full car, and you can have somebody crash into it, and, or, you know, you, stuff happens. But here's something you can bank on. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That you can count on. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This last verse I really want to focus on for the next few minutes, for my sake and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you read that one more time blessed are you when they revile you means hate you just can't stand you and persecute you which is that is reviling um with a little uh activity to it. That's a little action. And, you know, it's, just, it's one thing to say, oh, I can't stand that person. I hate that person. But whenever you're actively persecuting, then you're making decisions. Then you're saying things. Then you're acting out. You're actually you know, taking, you know, taking that hate and putting some wings on it and you know, a little shoe leather on it. You're making it actually happen. You're hurting others. You're, you're saying stuff about them. You're doing stuff. Um, you know, some people you know, at work, you know, uh, they're putting you on that shift because they know that'll throw you off. And because they know, you know they all kind of, have you ever been there? You ever seen somebody who actively had a problem with you? And they didn't just think about it, they, they, they acted on it. Blessed are those, are you when they revile you and persecute you. Say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's bow our heads. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the reading of your word, God, um, and for your promises. They are true, God. There's so many things that, are, that really uh, are just guesswork, so many things to, uh, uh, to making these things happen uh, or not. I don't have the power to change things, but you do. And so I thank you, Lord, that in that whole, that whole jungle of a world out there, there's a few things that I can count on, the things that I read in your word, because your word is true. In Jesus' name, amen. So that last scripture is, uh, is a, little, uh, a little more challenging. You know, uh, Blessed are you when, uh, when they revile you and persecute you, say all kinds of evil against you for my sake. Um, and th- this pa- particular passage, it's, a, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And we read the Beatitudes, which are kind of the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. It goes on, and, uh, and Jesus, this is a masterpiece of a sermon. Like He, just, he covers pretty much everything. Uh, the church father, Augustine, Um, He described the Sermon on the Mount as the perfect standard of the Christian life. So I think it would be really wise to read that from time to time. Just say, how am I doing? You want to check up? You know, sometimes, you know, I I wish we had a check engine light spiritually sometimes. You know what I mean? Because um, at times you'll find, uh, you know... But God does, you know, he'll convict us and you'll you'll just be snapping at people and being rude to your spouse or this or that. Just be like, what's going on with me? That's not me. That's not, that's not how we do this. That's, you know, or, or, you know, you you come to church and you realize it's already a little bit after 12 and he's just getting started. And you're just like, oh, I really value the word of God. How much do I really, what do I hunger after? Amen. I think this is a great passage of scripture for us to read um, to see how we're doing. And there's some serious stuff. There was a, there's one guy, um, a guy named Nikita Khrushchev, who was, uh, he was the president of the uh, USSR, the, uh, the Soviet Union, okay? So not a good guy. You know, very, you know, in, this is this, this post-World War II um, communism era, this communist bloc, he's just a, a rough guy. Nikita Khrushchev said, I'll tell you what the difference between Christians and me is. And that is if you slap me on the face, I'll hit you back so hard your head will fall off. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty, I mean, that's, well, he's telling it how it is. I'll tell you what the difference between Christians and me is, is that if you slap me on the face, I'll hit you back so hard your head will fall off. And what he's talking about is the Sermon on the Mount. We read down a few, you know, a short passage later in the same sermon, and Jesus says, you know, if someone slaps you on, you know, on the face, we're not allowed to slap him back, you know, you, you just, you know, we, we return evil with good, we turn the other cheek. You know, to allow him to slap him again. And Khrushchev was not having any of that. Like, that's, and, uh, and, but I thought to myself when I read that, I was like, you clearly don't know some of the Christians I know. Because that's not a huge difference for some people. Now, if like in a, in a safe space where you knew this was a test, and then you're like, he's looking at you, and then you got slapped, then we might. But what, what would you do if someone was just rude to you? How does that really look in your life? I mean, honestly, like, we, 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 we snap back and we attack people and we, we lose our temper over the, the little stupid things, much less ever being slapped. So I know that's an area that a lot of us could work on. Amen. Jesus hits everything in this masterpiece of a sermon. Uh, Christian spiritual living, outreach, you know, loving others and ministry. Um, he tied the Old and the New Testament together. He tackles the concept of anger and righteous anger. Um, he talks about lust and he talks about marriage, the constraints of marriage, and how we're supposed to um, act, how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in marriage. Um, going the second mile, which is grace. He talks about grace there. Um, he talks about loving your enemies. 
And then he talks about this kind of difficult part. And I just want to focus on this just for, for a couple minutes. And he says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So I guess the first part of this is uh, it's going to happen. As a Christian, you're going to have days like this. You're going to have experiences like this. People are going to come against you. People are going to, to put your, uh, your commitment to the t- Jesus taught us to live. Um, there, this is absolutely going to happen. And I, that's unfortunate because you know, hope, you know, you'd hope that I can kind of escape some of this from time to time or maybe it happened to somebody else or maybe just once you know, in a while. But this happens a lot and it's part of life. And he doesn't say, um, blessed are you if this happens. He said, blessed are you when this happens, which means it's going to happen. It's gonna, this is going to be part of your life. Uh, people will lie about you. They'll hate you. They will persecute you. That's what the Word of God says. And honestly, uh, like I was talking to somebody the other day, if, if you're doing your Christian experience in your life right, it's going to cause people who, who don't hold those values and who are against those things, um, some friction is going to occur. has to be. You know? I, I, I mean, I like... I have friends with different political persuasions, different religious, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, persuasions, and using different things like that. But we can only take, you know, that so far in that discussion before we start to butt heads a little bit. We can still be nice and respectful, but I just don't agree. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in He who, who you know, was 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 crucified and, and and buried and died and then rose again and then ascended. I believe that Jesus is God, and so we can only go so far there. People are going to, uh, to come and get you, to have a problem with you. They're going to persecute you for his name's sake if you stand for it. And here, right, if we do it in love, won't, you know, they won't hate it then, right? You know, it's easy to always you know, pick on everybody else and just be like, well, that's just because you know, they're so legalistic and you know, they're, they're, they're so churchy in the way that they, you know, they push you know, all this stuff that's not really you know, the good stuff on other people. And then they're, they're you know, if you just do it right, then, then they won't feel it. Yes, they will. No matter how smooth you are, no matter how loving you are, you can do it on your hands and knees and in love. But if you tell truth, focus here, if you tell the truth to someone who hates truth, it will sound like hate to them. And that stinks. That's hard. That makes, it, that makes, that makes life more difficult. Like if you, if you tell the truth to somebody who hates truth, that truth, because that truth challenges, that truth comes against them. It, it, you know, it, it, it's confining, it's constraining, it's difficult to receive. I don't want that truth. I hate that truth, so what you say sounds like hate, and that's as far as you're going to go. You know, uh, Joseph in the Bible, you remember Joseph, um, th- this guy, and he, he tells the truth. That's all he ever did. He never lies one time in the whole deal. And so he tells the truth to his mom and dad. They get mad and say, who do you think you are? You know, having this dream and saying that you're going to be in charge. We're all going to bow to you. All the brothers are like, you kidding me? Mama's boy. And they, you know, but he was the one who was being responsible. So the dad put him in charge to go, you know, see what's going on. And so he told the truth and everybody got upset. It happens. And truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. Those guys didn't want to hear. They didn't want their dad to hear that. They weren't comfortable with truth because they were living wrong. John the Baptist tells the truth on some stuff, gets his head cut off and placed on a platter. That's where truth will get you sometimes.
when this happens, um, here's this, the second part. Whenever it will happen, number one, is it's going to happen. It has to happen. I kind of explained why it has to happen. You can't stand for truth and then not ever have to confront a lie. Number two, when it happens, you can either beat them or be them. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, anybody know that name? Powerful, powerful man of God. He was somebody who was one of the, one of the few non-silent voices in Nazi Germany uh, that, that kind of raised up against what was happening. You know, you're like, well, how could a whole you know, bunch of people, a lot of voices got silenced, and uh, he was one of them who, was, you know, who had to endure persecution. Um, and he, he based his, his book, The Cost of Discipleship, entirely on the Sermon of the Mount, which is incredible. I mean, persecute you, they hate you. Um, you have two choices. You can either be them, which means do what they do and act the way they act and come against them, use the same, or you can beat it. I heard, I heard this uh, story the other day of a, uh, a Holocaust survivor, someone who went through, you know, the horrible, the death camps of, you know, whichever he was in, you know, whether it was Treblinka, whether it was Auschwitz, wherever. So many horrible, tragic things, I mean, that happened, and we shouldn't forget. We should not forget. And this one particular Holocaust survivor said every day that he would say this prayer to God, even as he saw these camps and they were forced to work terribly hard, and, you know, there was, you know, the, 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 the disease and privation and humiliation as they just starved and then eventually were put to death in these, in these gas chambers, even all the horror that, and, you know, and everything that, that happens in the margins of what I just said. Because I said like five things that are all just like concepts we're familiar with. And then all of the little things that go in the margins of a life. And so like every, every, every perverse privation that can be heaped on you by some, some evil man who's in a guard's uniform. The humiliation. The hurt. But here was his prayer. And I think you'll be shocked by it. He said, God, thank you for making me me. That is some perspective. Thank you for making me me, even though I have to do this, even though I have to walk through this, and not one of the ones who are doing this to me, because I would rather be me, even though I have to suffer, than to be somebody who would do this to another human being, you know? That, was really, that, that really, really toned it down, so I'll give you just like a little small personal example in my life. Um, which is on a scale of one to a hundred, if that was like a hundred, then mine's like a four or a three. It's nothing comparatively. But this is kind of where I got my little revelation from. Um, me and my precious bride had just got married and we, uh, you know, we went to Charleston. I got sick as a dog and just spent you know, the whole time just, ugh, just killed. And then when we got back, guess what happened? You know, Especially for Mennonites, not so much for me, but you know, for for a Mennonite girl like that, you know, um, it's, and she's the big cook. She loves to cook everything. She loves housewares, all this stuff. I don't even care. I lived off, you know, ramen and you know, microwave dinners for years on my own. I don't care. But for her, she got we, she got a whole bunch of nice little wedding gifts. You know, all this, you know, this whatever. I don't know Tupperware stuff or you know, we don't know because when we got back, um, the vehicle that they've been stored in, we opened it up and they were all gone. There, I should have led with this story because I'm getting zero response from you on that. You're like, yeah, well, at least you didn't go through the Holocaust. I know, I know. Still, you, did, did you get your 
I mean, it was hard in the moment. You know, we just we just got married, and you know, they all those nice things that we got from all our friends and family, loved ones. You know, they they given us something really nice, and then we were ready to set up our little house and get you know, get get everything going. And you know, it was a fun time in our life. And then that was just like such a ah, you know, that was a sucker punch. You know, to open it up and see you know lots of stuff gone. You know, everything was all cleared out of there, and and have you know, have all those wonderful gifts that meant a lot sentimentally and you know physically to be stolen. And here's what I said after calming her down and thinking about it for a minute. Because God really spoke to me, and he, he taught me something through this. And uh, it's not the most spiritual thing in the world, but I think it's true. I said, uh, I said, baby, you know what's worse than coming home and finding your wedding gift stolen? She said, no, what? Nothing. Nothing in the world. I said, waking up in the morning, washing your face, brushing your teeth, and looking in the mirror and seeing somebody in that mirror who would steal a young couple's wedding gifts and sell them. And so I prayed for that person. Because nobody could look at yourself in the mirror after doing that and feel good about it. What is it, you know? A, you know, a thief, man, that's, that's, that's pretty low, you know, but not too low for Jesus to love. Thieves on the cross. You remember the thief on the cross and reached out and loved him. So I just think that uh, even in moments like that, you're blessed because of who you are in Christ. Even when people steal from you, even when people hurt you, even whenever people revile you and, 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 and treat you bad. So let's talk about that lastly being blessed. Blessed are you when men revile you. What are you talking about? That's, I mean, that doesn't sound good when people hate you. You're blessed when people hate you. You're blessed when people come against you for my name's sake. And I'll tell you why. Because those people are caught up in a sinful act and they're going to have to, in this life and in the next, bear the punishment for that act. Um, and I think actually I'm going to quote Kelly Bowman today because she said something a couple months ago that was truly profound as she just ministered to somebody else. And uh, somebody was having kind of a hard time of, you know, forgiving or, you know, working through something because they'd been, maybe you should, you know, count yourself blessed because maybe they're from a place or in a place where they don't know and they haven't been told. They haven't heard what we've heard. They haven't read what we've read. And so they're doing wrong. But you're blessed because you know better. You're blessed because that's not who you are because Jesus has made you somebody else. He's made you better. Not better than them in your worth or value, but, but you're living in a different place in a different way. You're living and that's not you. You're not hateful. You're not treating others wrong because you've been given the revelation. You've become more like Jesus. And isn't that a beautiful thing? Honestly, it's a blessing to, to be more like Jesus than that person who's treating you wrong. Maybe they don't understand what they're doing. You ever, you ever think of that? You know, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said on the very cross, you know, as, he was, as he was being crucified, and none of us have gone through that, wedding gifts or not. Nobody's been crucified for truth here. And so here's what he said 
You said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't get it. Father, forgive them, even though they're hurting you, even though they're, they're torturing me and they've done, they've done these horrible things. They've crucified me to them. Let's come here and heal. Like, let, you know, Jesus sins. Let's roll them out, you know. Okay. So he's healed people. He's loved people. He's given them everything that he had. He's ministered to them. He's spent his time, you know, uh, you know just, just helping them, teaching them, telling them how to be a better person, loving them when no one else would love, casting demons out of people. Like, all these, he is the best thing that ever happened, you know, to, to our society. He's the best thing that ever happened happened to our world and what are his sins what has he done wrong why are you persecuting him because truth is uncomfortable and that's really in the end why a lot of them hated it. They, they hated the fact that he told the real truth the real revelation of grace and the gospel they hated him for it and so jesus goes on to say if they hated me and i'm me i'm the real dude i'm jesus They'll hate you, my imperfect children, people who are striving for righteousness, but you're not Jesus. I want to be more like him every day, but they'll certainly hate you. They'll come against you. In closing, the most important blessing, I think, in this passage of Scripture, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and they say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. Yay! glad you hate me and that you can't stand me and that you're actively trying to destroy my life. Be nice in the morning you know, and get up on the wrong side of bed. It's really hard to get in this mental state. Yeah? Blessed are you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. That's powerful. So in closing, the most important blessing in all of these blessings that seem so paradoxical and weird, like blessed are the peacemakers, you know, for they, you know, blessed are the are blessed are the people who are getting just killed because, you know, and then it's like blessed are all the people who don't seem to be blessed. That's what the whole Beatitudes is. Blessed are the people who are very much on the surface not blessed. But here's why. The most important blessing is that whenever people are doing wrong and you're, doing, and you're suffering for doing right, most important, hear this, hear this right now. The most important blessing is that that's not who you are. You're not the hater. You're not the reviler. You're not the liar. You're not the attacker. You're not the, the cruel one. You're not the one who, uh, uh, who, who is, their, their life is, is obviously full of such vitriol and hate and anger and pain that, that they lash out and do these things. Like that's, Be happy because I have changed who you are. Be, be blessed. You, you are blessed because you don't have to do this because that's just not something that even occurs to you to do. You know, guess what? You know, you, yes, and then I've forgiven you for everything that you've done and I've made you holy. I've made you different. I've made you good. I've made you like me and my love comes covers you and you don't have to be a hater the only thing worse than being a being hated is being a hater all the time because you don't get away with that you don't get away from that i'd rather be hated but know that my heart is full of life and love and grace peace that passes all understanding i don't have to be that way because of jesus i don't want to be a sinner I don't want to live that way. I don't want to hurt people. 
I don't want to be somebody who pours pain and, and hurt. Now, I want to be a healer. I want to be somebody who loves others. I want to be somebody who pours out uh, the love of Jesus Christ. I want to be somebody who doesn't even make sense to most of our society. I want to be somebody who you cut me off, you know, while I'm trying to get my cart through the express lane with your 46 stuff, and it says 15, and we both know you got more than 15 in there, and I still act right because I have something in me that doesn't, it doesn't count, it doesn't need a response. It's not, you know, just based on what you do. You don't get to see me act out based on you treating me bad because I know Jesus Christ. I love Jesus and I have him inside of me. So you can hate me. I don't have to hate you because of Jesus. I don't have to. Come on, you guys got to help me preach for just a second here. I don't have to be that way. I don't have to be full of hate and anger and animosity. I can wake up in the morning and say, hey, I love life. I love you. And even whenever you use me to decide who I am, you don't get to decide how I view my life because I know Jesus and he's the one who decides who I am. He's the one who told me what I was worth. You can say that I'm worthless and that I'm nobody. It doesn't matter. You don't get to decide. I don't live based on what you say. You can lie, but I don't have to. You can hate, but I don't have to. So you're blessed, church. If you can live like this, you are blessed because you know what you did? You just took the key out of the hand of the enemy. You just took the key out of the hand of the person who hates you and said, you know what? You don't control me. You can live like that if you want to. I got something else that I, I got something else I'm working on over here. I'm going to be somebody else. I'm going to be somebody who you can hate as bad as you want to. You'll get nothing but love. You can say what you want to about me, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to say what's true, and I'm going to love you anyway. Isn't that amazing? That, that God, that, that Jesus Christ would break the shackles off your hands to where you had to live you know, based on what somebody else did. Somebody slapped you in the face. Well, guess what? They don't control you. That's what happens. If I, if I can go over here you know, to, to, to where Chris is, and I can, I'm just not really going to slap you, and I can slap him, and he slaps me back, not only did I hurt him, but I also controlled him. I decided who and what he was going to be. I go over here, and, and I use cruel and harsh words to my brother. What I think about your preaching sometimes. But what did I just do? I just controlled what came out of him. I controlled who he really was. The enemy would love to do that. But guess what? Jesus says you're blessed because you don't have to. I can say mean stuff to him and he can say, well, you, and this is how he would say, well, you can say what you want to. That's not bad. That's my, that's my imitation. You can say what you want to because you don't control me. Now, I might go over there and I might insult Chris, but guess what? Chris, if he gets Jesus deep enough down, he's going to be man enough to say, I could smack your head off like Nikita Khrushchev if I wanted to. But guess what? I'm bigger than that, and you're not big enough to control me, what I do, and who I am. I am who Jesus wants me to be, and you don't control my destiny. Let's stand in Jesus' name. I'm glad. I'm just glad that I don't have to be who the enemy wants me to be. I don't have to be who the people who hate me want me to be, because I'd be a mess. Wouldn't you be a mess if all your haters got to control who you were? They'd want the worst for you. The enemy wants you to be nothing but a broken, bitter husk of a person. Nobody even want to be around you no more. Every, every time, hey, how are you doing? Well, terrible. And eventually everyone's just like, man, I can't stand being around him. Because just poison all the time. That's what the enemy wants for you. But what God wants for you is to be untouchable and full of love, peace, happiness, joy. And that's what I want for you, church. It's not enough. I got one more. But wait, there's more. Great is your reward in heaven. 
Puerto, if it wasn't enough that I just preached all over this place about the fact that I don't want to be what my haters try to make me into and the people who revile me and persecute me, there's a balance sheet in heaven. And every single time that you choose, you know, Ben, whenever they come to you and they say things to you and you know that you, you could blast them for it, but you decide to bite your tongue and say, you know what, say what you want to. I know you're hurting. I know what, you know, whatever. Check this out. Hurt people hurt people. Everybody follow that? Hurt people hurt people. And so, since I'm on Ben, he can just say, I know that your life wasn't easy. I know that you walked through some difficult times. I know that you've lost a lot. And so guess what? Don't worry about it. I'm not coming after you. I'm not going to, because I know who I am in Jesus. I don't have to attack you. I don't have to come against you. I don't have to, to, to return blow for blow and hurt for hurt. Check, check me out of that system entirely, because I'm going to live for Jesus with the peace that passes all understanding. And I know that every time that I act like and the word of God says, great is your reward. Amen. Let's bow our heads.